The scientific method is a topic we all learned at one point in our lives. As a kid, you may have made slime or built a model volcano. Whatever your past experience has been with the scientific method, I am here today to show you why it is important, how scientists use it, and how you can use it in your own day-to-day -day life. I use the scientific method every day as both a student and as a research assistant. But, in order to provide a clear explanation, as well as highlight how anybody can use the scientific method, I spoke with Dr. Brian Phillips, a professor in the Department of Biology at the University of Iowa. Dr. Phillips has extensive experience conducting research using nematodes of all animals. When using the scientific method, he notes that you can't start testing ideas randomly. Of course, everyone can be curious about how the world works and, and, and what's going on, but I think one of the, the unique things that scientists often do at that next step, you know, before sort of testing some idea that they have is do a lot of research, mm -hmm. right? And so um, there is this sort of research step where you are gathering information, uh, what's known in, in, the, in the literature. Um, so you're delving into scientific journals and you're f figuring out what's known about that thing that you're curious about, so mm -hmm. that, that question that you have. This background research can be vast in some cases, as there may be hundreds or even thousands of articles on the topic that you're interested in. Now that you have completed your background research, it is time to formulate a hypothesis. Now it's more reasonable that you can make an educated guess as to what the answer to your question is. And that's really all a hypothesis is, is, is kind of an educated guess that you can test. Mm -hmm. In order to test this hypothesis, you must collect data. This will look very different depending on what you are interested in. Say you're interested in growing different flowers around your house, and you want to have the tallest flowers possible. Your hypothesis, or educated guess based on your background reading, may be that sunflowers will grow to be the tallest. In order to either confirm or reject this hypothesis, you're going to have to get in the dirt. You could use a ruler to measure how much each flower grew during the spring, or use a camera to judge which flower looks taller to people walking by. You can use whatever method works best for you, as long as you are consistent. Any scientist will tell you that things do not always go right when conducting experiments. Sometimes your hypothesis is incorrect. Going back to the hypothesis, you may, be, you may have been wrong, mm -hmm. right? And then you need to go back and refine your hypothesis. So this, this uh, level of repetition um, and refinement is inherent in the scientific method. And then eventually you refine your hypothesis to where you can um, ask uh, uh, a hypothesis that is more likely to be correct and still your procedure is working and so on and you analyze the data and now your maybe your refined hypothesis turns out to be accurate. Hooray! Your experiment was a success. Now it's time to share your work with your friends. But some of them may be a little skeptical. At that point, you're ready to communicate your results to the world, right? And um, that's another point where I think uh, our typical uh, uh, person is able to just say, oh, this is how it works. Actually, that's in some ways where <laughs> some, of the, some of our hardest work starts. Now we have to convince the community that we're right, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So this is the process of peer review. And so um, you get evaluated by other scientists who challenge you, who say, no, you, we, we think there's a, another interpretation. Mm -hmm. And that we might actually have to go back and do additional experiments to, to you know, fully convince somebody. This skepticism is what drives science forward. It allows us to ask better questions and uncover how the world around us works.
Now that we've explored the process of the scientific method and an example of how you can use it in your everyday life, I want to discuss ways that people incorrectly use the scientific method. Misusing the scientific method, whether maliciously or not, can lead to incorrect conclusions, which ultimately can lead to the spread of misinformation. Dr. Phillips stresses the importance of using the data to guide your conclusions. How far back to the drawing board you can go is, is really depends on um, you know, your results. If, if it's you know, partially worked but not quite up to you know, FDA standards, then maybe you can improve the, the delivery uh, maybe you're on the right track, but it's not quite there. So, it, uh -huh. so it's not, you know, it that wouldn't be back to square one, right? Yeah. But it might be back to <laughs> to square seven out of a million. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, uh, so you still need to do some more work. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're exactly right. You you shouldn't be reformulating um, uh, your endpoint, right? Your hypothesis is something that you're going to further test, right? Mm -hmm. So you you shouldn't be doing experiments that that give you a result. And then you say, okay, that's uh, that's not what my hypothesis was, but we're just going to report that result. That should be the starting point for the refined hypothesis that you mm -hmm. then test again in a controlled fashion, right? Mm -hmm. That's the scientific method um, working for you is, is that refinement. In this portion of the interview, Dr. Phillips and I were discussing the COVID-19 vaccine and how misinformation relating to the vaccine spread due to improper conclusions drawn from the misuse of the scientific method. One of the most common forms of this is known as cherry picking. Cherry picking is the action of only selecting information that supports your idea and ignoring any data that may contradict it. In other words, this is the process of using preconceived conclusions to select data instead of letting the data form your conclusions. This is essentially reversing the scientific method, which we ultimately want to avoid. Another way that the scientific method is misinterpreted is by focusing too much on anecdotal data and not looking at the data as a whole. Anecdotal evidence could be pointing you in, in, the, in the right direction, right? But you have to um, have good quantitation. Just because one individual grows up to be seven feet tall doesn't mean that every person's going to be seven foot. The distribution of data oftentimes provides a clearer picture and we can collect an accurate distribution by following the scientific method. Before we go, I wanted to share one final message with you. Science is a collaborative environment that takes time to unfold. Many diseases and disorders are complicated issues that have numerous components to them. With that being said, everybody plays a role in the advancement of science. Even if you don't have a career in science, you can practice the scientific method, talk about science with your friends, and even attend science communication events. All of this makes a big difference as we try to uncover the natural world around us. This is Preston Johnson, signing off. And as always, stay curious.